Hey gamers, it's Casey, and I give this podcast a 7 point out of 10 because it has too much water. Hi, I'm Brendan, the ghost of unpaid invoices past, present, and future. And I'm Jason. I still think about those negative comments you all wrote about me so many years ago. <laughs> Welcome to RP Gamer, Episode 8, a podcast about working in the gaming industry. Hey guys, so today we have a special guest, uh, Brendan. He is a gaming journalist. He's written for Woo. GameSpot, Lifehacker, Wired, IGN, and... I've heard of these places, and, and, I've, and I've read them too. It's great. <laughs> uh, he also has created an indie game, and he has a co-op print-and-play tabletop card game. And he's also a very talented YouTuber who just released a almost two-hour documentary on the history of Metroid on his YouTube channel, The Crawl. Uh, the Crawl. Uh, we've known each other, what, maybe like a couple of years-ish yeah. via uh, Twitter and just sort of the same journalism circles. Yeah. Thank you for, thanks for coming on today. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you both. Um, Casey's been a while. We've never really had a really like in-depth conversation before, right. so I'm soaked about some, that. Just some DMs. Also, it's weird hearing all of the stuff that I do like listed out because <laughs> I don't think that I do too much, and now I'm thinking maybe I do too much. <laughs> I went on your on your muckrack because I was I, I knew some of the sites, but I was like, if there's any like, anything big I wanted to include, mm. it was like you have written almost three thousand articles. Whoa, <laughs> and that's I was impressive. Like, that's so many. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. I think I have I think I have like three hundred from my like short stint I writing well, in the gaming world. I didn't realize it was that many. I knew it was yeah. like <laughs> I knew I had passed a thousand like two years ago, <laughs> which means yeah. that like I I oof. Well, you've been cranking yeah. them out the past few years then. That's a lot. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, that's really cool. I didn't know. So actually I'm, I'm, I'm glad you did that. Cause I'm like, wow, I feel very accomplished. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's pretty incredible. I'm, I don't often like look at people's muckracks and for people who don't know, muckrack is like a, a gaming journalism portfolio profile site where you can sort of create a portfolio. It kind of mm -hmm. combines all, all the things you write. So it's all in one spot. Is this like a nice. gaming specific thing or just like portfolios all over? It's like a journalism aggregate yeah, journalism. thing. Ah, it's, it's, yeah. I think it exists primarily so that PR folks and journalism journalists yes. can like communicate mm -hmm. and like meet up, sync up. Um, okay. But a, a lot of journalists use it for like a portfolio. It, it they they aggregate it for you and it exists whether you like claim you your not. profile or not <laughs> so i and i know a lot of other people just go i guess i'm just going to use this because it's it's convenient it's and i don't there. have to pay yeah. for it so yeah right interesting i'm gonna check that out later i don't know what would even yeah, would be yeah. there for me you probably have one and don't even realize Dis yeah they disgusting. do give it to people who who don't yeah yeah if you're if you've written for like probably like any bigger ish or even yeah. medium site yeah, so. mm -hmm. all good. So that sort of gives us an introduction to to Brendan and Jason and I both have a, a little bit of a background in gaming journalism. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. do we want to start with sort of why each of us were inspired to become gaming journalists and how that sort of career path took off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can start on that one. Sorry, let me clear my throat. <clears throat> oh my god, guys, <clears throat> this coffee's getting me. We'll okay. cut all this out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah well, may, or may patrick or, may, or he's not gonna cut it and it's gonna be evil edited to me. <laughs> um, love you patrick thanks 
yeah, I can start with that. So I think um, for me, it's funny, Brendan, you're like, I, I didn't know I did all those things. Because if I look back, I'm like, yeah, I started like, you know, 10 years ago. No, it was like 20. Like It was like a long time. Like, oh, my God. Um, but I started on like the semi-professional path, if you will, um, was able to kind of get in the industry and write for Inside Gaming Daily's blog. That's Machinima's blog. Um, threw around pitches at other locations too that never really got picked up, but then started just making my own content, uh, blog, YouTube, things like that too, more on the side just for fun. Um, the inspiration for me doing it though was really wanting to give back to the community that I grew up kind of loving. Like I loved reading articles about older games, retro games. Well, I guess at the time, they weren't old or retro. They're just old and retro now. <laughs> um, but I like that. I liked RPGs. There was this wild, crazy thing called the internet that started to happen when I was younger. And so it was neat to find more stuff. So when I got to being um, to being creative and being able to write my own, I wanted to like create stuff that I would have liked to read when I was younger. So things mm-hmm. like, hey, did you like Final, Fa- Final Fantasy? Have you heard of Grandia? Like things like that. Like I never really knew. That's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Jinx. Thanks. Finch <laughs> <laughs> poke. Uh, yeah, I, I'll, I can go next. I would say, I mean, I think all three of us, we love video games. So I don't think there's a little no. bit. Debate. Get out of here. <laughs> I've, 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 there's, there's no debate there, but like I've always, I've always connected with and played video games because of the stories and narrative. Oh, uh, yeah. And I mean, initially, I thought maybe I wanted to write four video games, but that uh, ended up being something that it's a lot harder to to break into. But I just remember spending so much time in my like our elementary school library reading like Nintendo Power and mm-hmm, Game Pro mm-hmm. and Game Informer and just loving just reading about them. If I, like if I wasn't reading a book, which I, I read a lot as a kid, I was reading something about video games. And then journalism just sort of, I guess, happened because uh, it's a little bit easier to to sort of break into, I suppose. Yeah. Sometimes feels like that. Sometimes I wonder, though. <laughs> yeah. No, agreed. <laughs> agreed. I mean, I did have some a, a handful of like small lucky breaks, but you know. Right. Yeah. What about you, Brendan? What inspired you to to start? Okay. Your career path? Well, so it's the short story. The short answer is that uh, as a kid, I really liked uh, games, obviously, and my dad would buy my brother and I game pros. Mm-hmm. Um, or like Nintendo powers and stuff every once in a while. So that was where I first encountered the reality of that people were out there writing about video games. But for me, I just wanted to make games when I was younger and I would oh. like draw a little, like I would do a book. It was like a playable booklet of levels that I had rules for that involved like dice or cards and stuff. And it would be based on like crash bandicoot or Zelda or Mario or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I would make them and I would print them out or not print them out. I would draw them out. And my friends in school would like print, like rent them from me oh, really? <laughs> during our like free time or whatever. And I, so I was just obsessed with the idea of making games. And it really wasn't until I was in middle school and I and I got my first subscription to PC Gamer mm-hmm. that yes. it really solidified that I think I want to write about games. And then I discovered podcasts like five or six years after that. And I, I really like listening to podcasts. So, um, that it was like the slow ramp up to just being like, actually, I think I want to do journalism. I really like everything they do. Ooh, podcasts. Ooh, all this other stuff that they do. And, um, I just started dabbling with it in college. Um, I had a blog and I was freelancing, freelancing in quotes because I wasn't getting paid for uh, a few smaller websites. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then I got hired like 
right out of college at Digital Trends as a, um, they call it an editorial assistant, but really what it was, was I was a, I was a part-time staff writer. Um, yeah. And so, and that was kind of like, that's the whole trajectory was like, really it was, it was the, those magazines when I was younger that really, <laughs> that, that sparked the whole thing. Who are some journalists that you both look up to? Um, maybe someone you read when you were a kid, like a Nintendo Power, though I don't think I have anyone like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but are there, are there people in the industry now that you, you look up to? Um, uh, well, certainly like in the industry now, I think that, uh, like over at IGN, you have Matt Kim, Reb Valentine, and Kat Bailey doing their like yes. their news section, and that's like an all star trio in my mind. Uh, Austin Walker was also a really like I really like what Austin did before he. I mean, he's still around. He he just he's on the dev side of things now. He's you know writing for games, not just about them. I think for me, I I'm feeling like maybe I'm a little bit older, but um, I also grew up. I think online watching and reading uh, GameSpot most. Um, so I think that a lot of influence for like what I wanted to do, even just with my blog and writing style came from them. Um, yeah, Jeff Gertzman was a big influence. Mm. Oh, um, yeah. Brian, like Brian Crescenti, uh, I moved over to Kotaku, so I really liked following Stephen Totillo. And just, I think because these people wrote in styles that I enjoyed reading and like also writing about like there there's deadpan humor and jokes uh there's Mm -hmm. clear (laughs) clear knowledge in like games so i I really associated with them um and like nowadays i feel like i just i kind of read whatever like whatever is there like i'll still follow polygon and like what they have and just read their content um but there's such a shift to like videos in my mind so a lot of video creators and content you see nowadays too um but really i think i think i latched onto them because they I would hesitate to say echo chamber, but I think it was like, that's what I wanted to hear and and read about. And so I seeked out the things that they would write because like, okay, I can learn from this. I can learn how to write better. I can learn to enjoy my reading. And then I can just learn about more video games. I have a question for you. Sure. What was the, cause you mentioned like a specific style. I'm curious. Mm -hmm. Was it like, was it reviews? Was it news? What was the thing for you? Uh, that I enjoyed like reading. Yeah. Like what was the thing like, Ooh, this is, if I could do this or I want to do more of this. Like, was yeah, it, for yeah. sure. I feel like it, it evolved over the years, but I think when we started or when I started, I should say it was all about reviews. Like it just seemed cool to have a, re- like I would get paid to play a video game. Like, yes, please. Like that would yeah. be so cool. It's like groundbreaking. Yeah. It's like totally groundbreaking. Like X play. Like, Oh my God. Um, so that was, that was kind of where it started. But after a while, especially doing the job, it was like, man, sometimes you play some shit yeah. games. <laughs> like I don't want to <laughs> always do that. Um, and I think from like reading th- those reviews, like finding the fun in even talking about bad games like that was Mm. kind of what started and like dear god i have so many bad video games in my collection now it's probably because of that for for me kind of what brendan said earlier i the the, like ign like they're my go-to website them and GameSpot just for reviews for news and i mean i'm a little biased i guess because i wrote there for a bit (laughs) but i I, rebecca valentine is she's before i even was at at, at ign she was one of easily one of my favorite Mm -hmm. journalists she's she's funny she can she's really good at turning like mundane information into like a well-planned thought-out piece which i really appreciate because i could not listen to the calls that she has to listen to for just like reports and then turn that into like a good news story and i also appreciate that she takes time to highlight indie game devs on ign because i mean they're probably the biggest if or one of if not the biggest gaming websites so i i'm glad that she can give smaller games a platform there i also love kim wallace she was at game informer uh for a long time but she 
left, uh, I think in the last year to do consulting, but I've always identified with her a lot because of her, her reviews or her, her fondness for RPGs. She's a mm-hmm. big RPG nerd. Like every review she's ever written for a role-playing game. I've like been like, Legit. that's exactly <laughs> what I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I, and I love it. And I also like I, just kind of sort of game informant in general is I live in Minneapolis. They're based in Minneapolis. There's oh, cool. so many people here who I love online who like, I mean, I don't know where they live, but like, it's like some of them, like, I know you live in Uptown. I'm going to run into you one day. <laughs> Can we hang I out? Maybe probably yeah. <laughs> I will. I've almost done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've almost done it. But I'm like, that'd probably be really weird. I'd be like, can I buy you coffee? And we just like talk and I pick your brain. But I mean, I maybe um, they would say yes. I, I say go ahead. And I know do it. Yeah. I haven't. I've thought about it, but I haven't. Uh, I haven't been brave enough to do that yet. <laughs> speaking of <laughs> maybe one day, speaking of a publication that's doing like good documentary work. Alex and Blake over there at oh, Game Informer, yeah. incredible Their stuff. stuff is They're great. so good. I I talk with yeah. Alex every once in a while, and because um, he and I both have uh, an interest in like indie development, and yeah, um, mm-hmm. man, I, even even before that, I was just always so inspired by the two of them. They're really good. Yeah, they're they're really. I, I just I love Game Informer. They've gone through some real crap in the last what year or so, yeah. all the layoffs yeah. and stuff, but they're they're making it work. Honestly, I know there's a lot of when you get into, uh, we wouldn't have to get into it too much, but when you get into the industry, there's kind of a clickiness, especially between yeah. certain like publications or types of publications. Yeah. But I have totally. never really cared about that. And to be fair, I still consider myself like like a D list <laughs> game journalist. <laughs> sure. um, I don't. I'm not really in any of the circles necessarily. I I'm really close friends with. Xeon at Nintendo Life, like that's about the closest. Like, like he and I hang out a lot in our daily life, and that's cool. about the closest like person that I hang out with in the games industry. Um, like in in real life, I should say. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I I guess what I'm trying to say is I admire almost everyone that I have crossed paths with, who I know, who I work with. Um, I don't really have any person in like that I have a problem with and I, and I enjoy almost everyone's writing or, or content that they make. Um, maybe some more aligned with my taste, but I don't know. I think our industry is really cool and it's filled with a lot of really interesting people from such a wide variety of backgrounds now, like that didn't exist five, even 10 years ago. And now it does. And I think that that's awesome. And I love that about what we get to do. Yeah, I can, I can agree with that too. I feel like it's, it's super neat to see like, as games grow older like the scope also like expands you know exponentially with it because like i was saying before i love my retro games they're only getting retroer and so like it's (laughs) it's really cool that that industry or not industry i guess that fan base if you will has been expanding too so you get more content you get more videos more podcasts more reviews more websites it's just really cool and then that in turn will hopefully inspire more people to like go work at game informer go to ign like write these articles make new websites and it's it's just neat it's such a neat time to play games and dancing around the issue here i think that journalism it seems like started with print media makes sense there's there's all the game pros nintendo powers game informers in the world and then we get the internet which is great and now we have twitch and youtube and everything in between like how has that affected journalism and the game industry overall the past few years i've seen a kind of big boom and like what we have in terms of content what do you guys think about that that's a good question because i think i kind of look at it slightly differently than some of the other folks in traditional games media that I know of. Um, Uh I actually don't see 
that much of a difference between yeah. what people on Twitch and YouTube do and what we do. Mm. Uh, the biggest difference is that when you're talking about games from the point of view of a like a journalistic perspective and especially one that's tied to a publication or a a group of people, you know, whether that be the the late G4 or you know, mm. Game Informer. So which G4? The, the first revival? The second revival? The third? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. And um, that comes with certain, talking about games in that way comes with certain expectations, both from like a journalistic ethical standpoint um, and almost a um, like a content style standpoint that like YouTube and Twitch is not beholden to for better and for worse. Um, I think that a lot of folks on both sides like to, and I, I don't even like to say that there's sides to this, but like there are YouTubers and Twitch people who really don't like video game journalists. And I know video game yeah. journalists who roll their eyes at the idea of that. And as someone who does both and knows and interacts with people in both environments, we're really not thinking and doing that much different. Um, in fact, like if an audience in uh, like a Twitch viewers audience finds out that they were doing something unethical, they'll be just as upset if they find out that a journalist entity was doing something unethical. Like the, the standards exist for both. I think it's evolved in good and bad ways. I don't think everything's just collapsing and going away is what I'm trying to say. And I think that yeah. there's a, a certain viewpoint that maybe, hey, it's all done. We're all like, this whole thing is going away. Um, and I'm not sure I feel that way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I think I think both are really, are really all of it's here to stay. I do think we'll, I, I want to say we'll, we'll see less of like print, print text, sure. like print yeah. media. But we do have things like, uh, Brendan, I think you're going to know, Lost in Cult. The uh, I like, like people like them who are really sort of, I don't know if revitalizing is the right word, but they're just doing some really cool things with, with print media. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've, I've really, I guess enjoyed seeing in the last few years as like a writer and now like a social media manager is just the more is that there are, I feel like in Brendan and Jason, you guys have been in the industry longer than I have. So mm -hmm. maybe this has always been the case, but I feel like I see a lot more like streamers and writers and people of like more from marginalized communities. And that just makes sure. me really happy. Yeah, 100%. And those voices are often really loud and given really big platforms. And I think that's, I think that's really important. And I, I really love and appreciate that. And I, I hope, I hope it continues. And I, I hope people aren't silenced by the, cause I mean, there's so much toxicity and in, in, in the, in the world against people who, who are marginalized or who, who are marginalized in, in one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think that like it's it's nice that if being totally honest, sometimes gamers gamers can be absolute garbage and like are terrible people. But yes, yes. <laughs> sometimes they're not, and the majority of times they are not. And so like if we can leverage that and just help one another like thrive and succeed, I mean, kind of how this podcast is doing. Um, I mean, Brendan is here helping us like because he's a good person. Like he, we're helping the industry overall. <laughs> I think it's neat that um that that exists. Like it, it it is cool to see that. That is, I'm really glad you called it out. Yeah, and I think. I think I, I, just on the topic of just sort of like hate and toxicity, like there is so much. And I like part of me almost wants to say like a majority of like the audience, not our audience, but like the audience for like just gaming in general mm -hmm. is 
toxic, but maybe it's just because those voices are are the most loud. But just as someone who has to dredge through comments yeah. for social media on like a giant gaming website, mm-hmm. social media platform, it is so disheartening yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to see like just how terrible people are. Like when Hogwarts Legacy came out, oh, like yeah. regardless of how you feel or if you played it, like there's no need to be a complete asshole about it but there was i banned like literally probably a hundred people oh over God. the course of its launch week of people like like not even being like a little homophobic or transphobic but out like posting memes of like queer people yeah like insinuating that they they're they should be murdered and it's just like Jeez. it's just so just wild. blatant like violent bigotry yeah i yeah so that that week or you know a couple weeks of that um mm-hmm of the Hogwarts legacy stuff. Um, I, you know, I, I was, I was being, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a straight cis dude. So I wanted to make sure that the voices that were, that needed to be heard were being heard. Um, so I wasn't really like out there, like I was saying stuff, but I was, you know, trying to retweet and boost folks. And man, that was the most like disappointed I have been in some of my, friends and just some people who even write and and uh cover games um that Mm -hmm. was that was that was a weird one um and the i don't i'm not going to name any names but there were folks out there who like i work with and talk to who do stuff in games um who were your likes are public guys <laughs> like yeah um yeah. and uh and sometimes pop up in your feed yeah uh-huh. and and there's i was certainly disappointed in realizing oh wow this person who i i thought i shared a lot of you know similar thoughts on you know final fantasy or something and they turn out to be um to 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 literally be wishing that uh several of my close friends just didn't exist i was really disappointing and i think the thing about that um, is it's everywhere, so it's going mm-hmm. to show up in games, and I don't yeah. think it's unique to games. Certainly yeah. not. No, hundred percent not. People need to understand that when you write those comments, someone in this case it was Casey is on the other side filtering through <laughs> because you're like being yep. a bad person, like you're being mean. And like when when will that person? And and I do truly believe that some at some point they will rationalize in their head. I'm kind of being a dick and like they might stop that. And I think it, it's going to come from people like Casey, like Brendan and, and like myself, giving the right voices, saying the right mm-hmm. things, writing about things that are that are relevant, giving voices to those others and removing this sort of, I don't know, disgrace that gaming journalism might have uh, across the board and trying to make it more, I don't know, more positive all across the board. Yeah, I agree. Okay, uh, that was a little heavy, so we're going to take a little break, and we're going to come back and talk more about some fun stuff about gaming journalism. We will be right back.
and we're back. That was sad, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. but but an important and worthwhile yes, conversation. Yes. I think it was a good discussion. There's but let's, definitely let's dial nothing it up. else negative to talk about in oh, the game industry. Oh, for sure. We, we, will say, we, we will say nothing <laughs> negative from here on out, yeah, but yeah. Not, no promises. So let's let's talk about a little more more fun things sure. what are some of the the your favorite parts what are the most fun things that you enjoy doing as part of working in the industry what gives you fuel what gives you life i mean i get to play video games and like that's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> i think that i'm i'm in a, a little more unique one now where like professional life for me is like a side like i have a separate job that has nothing to do with with gaming but like it does allow me to be creative like i can do i can do what i want um i see a ton a ton a ton of uh listicles and like articles about top tens and whatnot so i can do that if i want but i'd rather just not do that and do something counter and, <laughs> and have fun with like let's let's do a stream for old playstation games let's let's write an mm-hmm. article about games that never got a re-release like you know these are things that i i enjoy and again hearkening back to why i write is to give back to what i the community that i enjoyed and to write for younger jason like this is what i would want to see 20 years ago no i love that yeah it's it's really fun and i I think i kind of know full well that a lot of people are not reading my blog like mostly my friends you know maybe someone stumbles across it but for me it's it's the joy of knowing i created something like uh brett is like i made this um uh, metroid like retrospective or uh what was it? What was a it? documentary? Documentary, yeah. Yeah. Like Brenda made this Metroid documentary. I can look back and think, I made this article all about um, Shining, Shining Force, you know, and like I like that. I think it's fun, and that that gives me joy, and that's kind of what sparks me to do more. And then if someone says something like a comment on my Instagram, like, "Hey, I played this game too," or "Have you heard of this?" Like, that's what it's all about. Like, it's it's building that community for me and just having fun, meeting others that are like minded, and and just spreading the the fun factor of games all across the across the world. I would say, I mean, my my initial thought was when I when I was still writing because social media now, but was getting to review games because I think mm-hmm. either one or both of you kind of alluded to it earlier that that was like the ultimate like oh my god I get to play yeah. video games <laughs> and get paid for it and like and I don't know I haven't reviewed like a ton but maybe I've reviewed like ten or fifteen or twenty games mm-hmm. but and I loved I loved slash loved it but. Sometimes you have to play a game, and even if it's good, it's like this is a fifty-hour game. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't pay you crank out that for review. the hour for those <laughs> yeah. for those fifty hours. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know, it's like, and it was really like I reviewed Horizon Forbidden West when it came out, and I, it's it was my game of the year that year, but. Mm-hmm. I kept getting sidetracked by side quests, and I was like, "I just need, I to, need beat to beat this it, <laughs> yeah. so I can write, so I can write the review." But you know, it's like, you know, I I probably spent like ten or fifteen hours. I really didn't need to, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's like because I love I love the game, you yeah. Know? But um, I I also think it, what you said, the community and like getting to meet and know people and connect with others who have similar like more niche interests like with you like game collecting uh i think that's really that's really important and and i do love that i've met a lot of really cool people like brendan who 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 i wouldn't have known you know wouldn't have known otherwise maybe i'd seen an article by you or whoever but you know i think i really really love that the community aspect of it and the the connections are 100 percent my favorite part of it um Mm -hmm. I will say, uh, contrary 
the contrarian opinion here um, (laughs) (laughs) i don't like writing reviews i um i very happy that i have (laughs) pretty much (laughs) avoided reviews almost my entire career with the exception of like right at the beginning i was doing a lot of game reviews i review a Mm -hmm. lot of tech like i do headsets keyboards that sort of stuff which allows me to play whatever (laughs) i want because let me tell you not a lot of people are trying to ask for reviews of japan only emulated uh obscure dungeon crawlers you know that's what i like to play i mean that's what i want to hear about (laughs) right i know exactly exactly so i mean there's there we're out there but uh, you know not for not because you know any malicious reasons but ign and and uh IGN and GameSpot aren't really looking for that right now. Yeah, they're but, pretty um, mainstream. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not, no. um, so uh, the you know finding the community of people who like those kinds of games is always really exciting. Uh, mm. The other thing, though, and it kind of ties into this for me, um, my favorite type of thing to do is uh, interviews. I love interviewing. Oh, yeah, okay. And it's something that I yeah. very rarely have been able to do until like the last two or three years. Nice. And I will always jump at the opportunity to do it. And I've gotten to interview some really cool folks. Um, we'll probably talk about that a little later, but um, that to me is that's right now. What's giving me a lot of fuel is like this idea of, you know, with the Metroid documentary, I interviewed like 18 mm-hmm. people. Wow. I and was going to ask cool. how many people. You yeah, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of people and it was a lot of work, but it was, it was just so energizing. And like, that's the kind mm-hmm. of content that, I, I always say content, but that's a whole other thing. I, I mean, like that's the kind of material that I consume and yeah. and want to watch as 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 you know interviews. I want to read interviews, and yeah. and so yeah, that's that is my absolute favorite thing about the job right now. I pretty much gravitate to two types of things. I gravitate to stuff that takes me weeks or even months to do and are extremely in-depth and creative or that would take me 10 minutes to do and are the <laughs> yeah, simplest yeah. most mechanically minded things yeah yeah exactly brendan would you say so we talked about like our, our favorite our most fun things would you say that reviews are your least favorite part or do you have a least favorite <sighs> part of working yes in the like as a journalism okay so i um here it comes here it comes <laughs> okay i yeah i i don't want to get too in the weeds here because this is a topic i was actually asked this a couple months ago i did like a q a thing and i oh, they, cool. i was kind of asked this, oh about right some of this for stuff. your on youtube yeah and i and it i think there are a lot of realities about games journalism and just media and journalism and just being in my case a freelancer in general that a lot of people do not understand and one of the biggest mm-hmm. ones is how payment works oh yeah yes mm-hmm. and um it's extremely precarious sometimes i guess is the right word um last year i went almost six months without um payment from one specific place because of a constant string of problems on their end with their um like they got bought by a place then their the place that they were using that were fulfilling the invoices they all rolled over to a different company and so it was a really long time um that is financially extraordinarily difficult um which it creates a lot of stress um and so that little joke i had at the beginning about unpaid invoices past present and future (laughs) um, it's grounded in realism (laughs) it really is and that to me if there was one thing about just journalism and freelance journalism um or freelance media it's that it's it's so difficult people think like oh why are you complaining you know you got to do whatever it's way better than 
being a construction worker or a barista or whatever, what have you. And yeah, in some though? ways, in some ways that might be true, but there are always <laughs> negatives. There's always stress. And for me, in my experience, um, you know, not getting paid or getting paid very little or not on time is the worst. And there are yeah. days where I go, actually, you know what? Maybe I do want to go back to being a barista that like I was 10 years ago. And, uh, cause at least I knew that every two weeks I was getting paid and I knew roughly how much I was going to get. Um, yeah. whereas like there, you know, I'll invoice and they'll be like, Hey, actually this is an invoice from two months ago. So we're not paying you the, what you expected. Uh, good luck paying rent, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, God. it's been, I, I won't get too into it, but, um, because I think that this is a separate issue than like, it's not directly related to games journalism it's more the yeah. the realities of our economic realities and how being a freelancer works so yeah i don't like the pay structure uh i love mm -hmm. the freedom i love the flexibility of all that but if there's one thing that i could magically change i would be paid more consistently i don't even necessarily need to be making more money it's just, <laughs> just i just want to be paid the money on time told you, you yes it. exactly yeah casey what about that you I had kind of forgotten. Well, I guess I hadn't forgotten. Yes, the the trying to get paid as a freelancer sucks. I thankfully had a pretty good time in my two years freelancing, though. Mm -hmm. When you were talking, That's I was good. like, oh, wow, I still didn't get my last invoice from a small. Well, it's like a medium website I wrote for. And <laughs> I like tried for months because there was like an ownership change. And mm. then they they pivoted their website from like one gaming related thing to an like to like nfts oh, i won't great. say who they are yeah. you probably have been heard of them <laughs> but i still haven't got paid from them and i'm really bummed oh. <laughs> but for for me uh i just like i mean I, i've talked about it a little bit on this podcast but i've always struggled with anxiety and thankfully as i've gotten older it's gotten like infinitely better Good. but working as a freelancer like was re it really like would turn my anxiety knob like up and like especially like and i, I don't I, i'm gonna say the name because i don't think they did anything bad it was on me but like working for ign was so stressful uh -huh. doing news like many news articles a day because they are so particular in a really good way like they're particular because they're a really good gaming website mm -hmm. and they have high standards mm -hmm. so like anytime i wrote anything i'd have like this long checklist to make sure <laughs> i did all the things and like and i really never messed up but like that would always like stress me yeah, out so it much it hangs because, over you and that's it's so yeah. terrible i hate it i know what you mean i know exactly what you mean yeah you you, you get it but you know but i i did i did love it and i sometimes do miss working for working for them but uh, I mean, and that anxiety can be really anywhere, but it was especially high there just because they are to me like the gold standard for like freelance, well, like stuff. just, you know, they're so big and the audience is so big. And I remember one time I had like a little, it was, it was like kind of a typo. Like it was, it was a movie. It was like an entertainment news article. And I said, I think I called someone the director of a movie and whoever edited my article didn't catch it. And then they weren't. And then it got published and they right. put it on Facebook and the article went viral. Oh, and it was no. like, <laughs> and like their community manager DM'd me and they were like, Hey, uh, and they told me, and it was like, I was like so mortified. Cause it was maybe like my, like, fifth thing i wrote for them thankfully it was fine but uh so i my least favorite part is anxiety <laughs> yeah yeah i feel on that one too i think um i don't think it was the worst part for me but knowing like ooh, i'm gonna say something that i do not like about this game but i bet people will like that's always kind of rough when the article goes out but yeah. hopefully it's okay 
Um, I think for me, the least favorite part, and it's probably really the reason why I was like, this isn't really the life for me. It's just the constant having to like, I don't know, promote yourself, suck up to people, message in to like do things to get enough money to like live off of that life. Like it, it's, it's tough. And I think mm-hmm. that it, it could be fun and it could be exhilarating for people, but I feel like I'm, I'm not that people like it, it's not sure. what I want to do. I think, um, you know, I, I like more of the comforts like Brendan was like, you were a barista. So having, <laughs> having that solid payment and same for me. So like at the time I actually did apply for a position at IGN and I went to their office, like for the interview I was called back for that. And I was like, nice, this is so great. I did not get the job. And I think it was the right thing. Like it, it wasn't mm-hmm, what sure. I needed. It, it wasn't going to be what I needed to do. And I think it's just because I reevaluating like what I needed in my life. It, it wasn't that sort of hecticness. It was more of the grounded. Here's a job that I have pay and benefits that will support my family. So like, that's, that's what I was like, this is, this is not what I, I need to do right now. Um, and it, and it sucked. It sucked that like this thing I wanted to do for a long time, like, you know, I don't think I'm willing to put forth what is required of this. Um, and that can kind of hurt, but on a positive, like pivot that around and be like, but I can write, I can still write, I mm-hmm. can create content, I can play games. And so like, I can still do these things for fun now. And there's, there's no pressure from others. And I think it's, it's nice. So it was, it was a nice middle ground for me at least. Yeah. Well, and especially too, because even if you had gotten that job at IGN, let's say, I mean, regardless of if you're freelance or staffed, I mean, there's so much turnover and, you know, Mm. CEOs decide Mm -hmm. to take a company in a different direction all the time. And the people who suffer for that are like the, the, the writers, the people who make the content, who write the articles. And that's, you know, people lose their jobs all the time, as we've seen in the last, you know, year or two years has been really, really chaotic. And so, you know, even if you, you know, the freelance side has its, you know, it's, uh, it's uncertainties, but so does being a staffed salaried, yeah. Some, yeah. in some cases, tenured editor, like it's, it, that's, yeah. yeah. If there's any part, I think that that people should know is not that great. It's that, it's that part. Yeah. It's that part. Cause I feel like, like you only see the, the glamorous side, like you see the article, you see the video that comes out, but there's a lot of background that goes into that even even Mm -hmm. just for writing like i think um in the process that we would do like i would i would request a a game like hey can i review this they'd say yes or they say no and then there would be an initial draft a rough draft like edit uh edited draft and a final draft so like this one review gave me like five five documents that i had to do for one thing so much back and forth and like you know it's great it should be like it should be peer-reviewed and edited but like, man, did it take a long time? And like, you look at it, you're like, that's just two thousand words. Like, it's not that crazy. But like, it, it gets up there. So there's a lot of background stuff that people don't always see, and they might not think about. Absolutely. So, what are some of the biggest challenges that you faced as a journalist? I feel like we've kind of alluded with pay mm. and that kind of thing. But are there are there other challenges that have have you you find yourself running into from time to time or like one or two big things that have stood out yeah hmm. um i can jump in real quick because i think i have a just a fast one i i always felt like i was never able to keep up with like what was happening so i would be reviewing a game that would take a couple weeks a new game would come out and i'd want to do that but like i couldn't do it fast enough but also there's like there are other journalists out there that are probably vying for your position or like if you're oh, freelance yeah. they will get in first so like i always felt like there was this pressure to be be tweeting, be messaging people, be sending emails, being on top of reviews. There was just so much to do. And I think that was the challenge because, you know, believe it or not, I do more than just play video games. <laughs> like I, I do other stuff too. And it's so hard when that such a large amount of your, a uh, large amount of your life has to go into 
this one aspect, which as we were stating before, doesn't always pay out for you or doesn't like equally give you a return that you might need. And so it was always tough right. to be like, oh, that guy, like he's just better than I am. Or like, how did he, he got there first. Like I feel inferior. There's this inferiority complex and all these, like even now I'm like nervous ticking and I'm like rolling up my, my mouse pad. <laughs> like, cause I feel like, oh no, I'm not, I'm not good enough. Uh, so it's kind of no. stuff like that. It just feels like, man, there's such a, such a pressure there. And it's usually always from a place of love. Like no one is ever like, I'm going to snipe Jason out of this job and get it. It's just like, <laughs> they're like, no, this is where they are in their life. They're, they're asking for this or they're, they're trying this, this thing. And it can, it can be really tough. I think that was one of the biggest challenges I know I had for sure the entirety of like professional writing. Yeah. I, I completely uh, like sympathize with that because I, the thing that is always in the back of your mind is we you're kind of just talking about is that mm -hmm. chaos of the industry and knowing that there are other people out there and getting your foot in the door is the first hurdle, but then, yeah. but then you got to keep it. Like I have had my byline yep. at so many places, but you know, an mm -hmm. editor leaves or I, you know, get distracted and I'm writing more for another place. And then, you know, I, you know, I, I've published one article at IGN, you know, like that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's how that goes. And and so for me, the challenge has been just keeping doing it, um, yeah. between the payment stuff and the job changes and knowing that there's always someone else out there who wants to do it too. Not in like a, oh my God, they're like, like Jason would say, not in like they're gunning for me, but just, mm -hmm. you know, people <laughs> want to do this and it's, it's yeah. cool. Yeah. Right. And, um, so that, I think that's the challenge um, and also just, there's this, uh, this desire to balance my interests, which are very niche and weird. Um, the types of games I play and, and love versus wanting to be the informative, uh, knowledgeable person who's writing from a, um, an expert point of view that's difficult too. And you kind of have yeah. to, yeah. you kind of have to sacrifice on both ends. Like if you, you know, if you want to write reviews, as we were saying, you kind of, you, you got to sacrifice some of that other stuff. So that has been a challenge too. And just, just making sure that I'm not, not just thinking about video games can be difficult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, it can truly be consuming. I, 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 when I went from freelance writing to my job now is like, which is like a, a salaried position doing social media. Like I like my, my brain capacity is, is better. Like, I feel like I'm <laughs> yeah. not constantly thinking about work or like, yeah. okay, can I find a, a, an art? Can I pitch this article and make enough money so that maybe I can drop one more day at my, at my restaurant job. And so like, it's really nice to, to to not have to worry about that because I, I think that was probably sure. one of my biggest challenges was just not being consumed all the time and i started out like i mean a, a lot of i i don't suggest this unless you <laughs> just really want to but don't work for free i mean i did for like a year <laughs> yeah. at like this one spot and i am very thankful i learned a lot i i did get to review games before they came out which was cool and i was like well that's kind of a form of payment yeah but um <laughs> But and I, I do appreciate the people there, but they were like a small to medium site. So I, I get it. But, you know, and even places that do pay like they don't pay enough. And yeah. it's just so it's just sort of that balancing act of like your self-worth. Am, am I OK only making eighteen dollars, twenty dollars for an article that takes me two or three hours to write or something? So, you know, you just got to really evaluate that and and 
keep keep your self-worth in check because it can be really hard to to sort of not compare and not think about and not let it consume you yeah i i think i want to say one thing really quick in case unless you guys have yeah. um very good um despite these challenges and the negatives like because there's a lot and it's kind of been like we were even saying before we recorded that this would be very cathartic kind of an episode of (laughs) getting off some steam so what you're if it sounds overly negative it's really not it's more just like we're letting off steam but um yeah at least i i certainly am and the thing (laughs) thing i would say though is um the most important thing if you're going to try to do this is to just do it. Yeah. Totally, and yeah. Mm-hmm. like, the yeah, like, like what Jason does with the, with the blog and just being like, I'm just going to go for it. And I'm like, who cares if, if it's 20, I mean, I think 20 people reading your blog is awesome. I would rather have 20 oh, people thanks. read my stuff that absolutely love it. than <laughs> yeah. You know, 200 people that really don't like it and will tell you that they don't like it. It's like, okay, just sure. move on. We're the 20 that like it. But that's the thing that I would always focus on. And that is, that is the reason why I've, you know, written 3000 articles or whatever, um, is because I just do it. And so if someone's out there listening and thinking, you know, what, what, how do I do it? How do I get into it? You just do it, sit down, start your blog, start your YouTube channel, start your Twitch channel, whatever it is you want to do. And the success is, isn't the people who show up or whatever it feels good i know like wanting to do it for a job is like the dream but it is a job and there are downsides to it it's not completely stress-free or whatever and yeah um so yeah if there was any advice if that at all it was just do it because you don't know and even if you do get a job doing it or even if you do blow up and become like the you know the next big twitch streamer you don't know how long you'll do it for so just do it and and um yeah, so just do it and let that, uh, let that be the goal, just to yeah. keep, to keep going. And, you know, it might have to you might have to redefine the idea of success in your mind, being like, you know, success isn't ten million subscribers. Success is just doing it. I yeah. I agree. Actually, fun. yeah. If I was to give any advice to it, it would be the exact same thing. And I think I I would also to your last point, don't assume greatness like right away. I think you're amazing and you're wonderful. Whoever is listening, you are fantastic. Yes. But you have to start somewhere. So, like, to to expect to be like, um, I don't know, a huge streamer, like uh, ten thousand people streaming every day, it's just not going to happen. Like, you you have to start somewhere. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's not going to happen ever. I mean, it's not going to be your first stream. So, like, you you will get on average zero to three people on Twitch like for years. Like, but just yeah. keep going. Stretching off of that, looking back at your entire catalog, like, what are you? most proud of what has been your highlight what has been like some of the cool things that you have done for whatever you've done gaming writing articles journalism anything like that so i would say that on the side of articles the two that were the one the the one written piece that i'm the most proud of is last year i wrote a article um i don't remember what they changed the headline to at GameSpot off the top of my head something like move over dark souls kingsfield is the next game that indie developers are taking inspiration from or something like that Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. so i interviewed a bunch of indie developers who are making games based on kingsfield which is the series that FromSoft started with right i just played it on my stream a few weeks ago oh yeah (laughs) i did yeah first time how did you feel about it did you like it 
dude, that game kind of blew my mind. It, it, okay, it looked kind yeah. of like trash, but at the time it was probably <laughs> amazing. But no, it was really fun. It, yeah. And it's in my collection of games so far for this year I've streamed that I'm like, I would stream that again. Like for yeah. sure, that's a fun one. Kingsfield is incredible. I think anyone, I, I've done like a whole article on, or a video I should say, on why ever you should play all like Kingsfield and Shadow Tower and all of those sure. old like first person dungeon crawlers from FromSoft. They're yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, so getting to interview a bunch of indie developers who also really love those games and are making games like it. Um, mm-hmm. I was really proud of that. I was really proud of the way that that turned out. Um, the thing that I think was the coolest thing. I mean, aside from the, the documentary, I guess the Metroid documentary is like the number one. Right. But like, yeah. Um, second to that would be the Kingsfield thing. And then I also interviewed, um, the producer and director of Final Fantasy XI on Ooh. its 20th anniversary last year. And that mm. was really cool because it's incredible. Um, yeah. you know, that's a game that, you know, I, I, I've come and gone from that game a lot, but it's always kind of been in the background of my life for like, I don't know, almost 15 years now in some form or fashion. So that felt really cool. And it was because I'd done some other interviews or whatever, but that one was the first time where I was like, this feels like I made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was just like an email thing. You know, I wasn't even really mm-hmm. talking to them, but that was still, it was still cool. though. So yeah. So that it would be that. And honestly, just the, the first time, you know, my first byline at places like IGN and then GameSpot and, yeah. and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, GameSpot's kind of my home right now, um, nice. mm-hmm. which that in and of itself feels cool because you know, I've, I've always read GameSpot and it's been around for ages. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, just, I, there's a lot of little highlights like that, or even just, you know, when, uh, Dia Lucina, who, uh, she writes for paste and she's really into, she's also into like, uh, Kingsfield, but she's really into wizardry. And when I did a Mm -hmm. wizardry video, she like throwback. Yeah. Yeah. She like retweeted it and was like, followed me and we were talking about it and it got this huge, like, boosts and and views from it and to you know someone who's been in the industry for so long who likes that same kind of games and who i kind of i wouldn't say i'm intimidated by but i really respect dia's work and for her to be like yo this is good and you get wizardry i was like all right cool okay that felt good that's nice yeah (laughs) that's good that's good casey what about you what's your what's your highlight so far sure um I would say my first, I, I want to say it was my first pitch ever. It was to inverse.com. It was for mm. the 25th anniversary of Final Fantasy VII, which I know uh-huh. like it, the OG game hasn't, hasn't aged super well, but it, it has, a, it's a, as I've talked about on yeah. this podcast. It's before, still influential. It special, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has a special place in my heart. It was a game I played like during some really hard times in my life as a kid. So, yeah. you know, it holds, it holds a spot for me, but for their 25th anniversary, they just wanted pitches about the game so i i and i and i'd kind of written about it a little bit before on like a blog but i i pitched an article about how the game helped me survive like a time in my life where like i literally wanted to die and so it was just a really it was really cool getting to to work with uh an editor like at that capacity because that was i think Uh pretty early on Uh when i first started writing and she was she was a great editor her name is jen um and it just it was it was really cool i i still look back at that and 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 i really love it um and and then also just getting getting in at ign like it started through like dming cat mm-hmm. on twitter who's yeah. like their senior news editor and i just was like and she responded and i was like oh okay <laughs> this is happening <laughs> hey <laughs> and like it was just you know it was really cool so and then now i'm like full-time 
salaried, which is which is really nice Damn, with on that. And um, yeah, so That's hopefully, awesome. I don't know where we'll go from here, but we'll we'll see. I think a highlight, which is kind of cool, that I, I'm always kind of proud of, but I think it's just this mystery. But I had to sign <laughs> a um, a letter of release with Square Enix at the time because they wanted to use a quote from my review for tactics ogre let us let us cling together on the the psp on the box of the game oh, and I, really? I was like really only in japan oh um, i was like i think i might have a copy somewhere i don't yeah no i i have a copy but i was like wow really and my my um editor was like yeah we don't get these too often like it's up to you and i was like oh my god of course well, so why like, not yeah That's why awesome. not and so i can't remember the exact quote but they, they wrote out like we want to use this specifically like can we use it and it was something like um the like time reversal system where you can go back and like cha- make a change and not yeah. have to play the whole level i said was like revolutionary to the system or to the genre which i think it is i think it's great and people still sure. use that you still see it nowadays okay and with those major highlights thank you for sharing uh we're gonna wrap up our first part here um brandon casey thank you so much for chatting with us about games and reviews and journalism and so many intricate things i really appreciate that uh we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back but if uh you can if you haven't already followed us please do so at hey rp gamer on instagram and twitter and then give us your thoughts over on discord too we love chatting about games there's so many new people i've joined in the past few weeks it's been really fun just to talk that way and as always, if you love this podcast, wherever you're listening, leave us a review, leave us a like, leave us a comment. We really do appreciate those. And we love growing with you all and talking about games. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Okay, and we are back. We are well-rested and well-watered and well-bathroomed. We're all ready to go for part number part two here. We're going to play a little game, as is a tradition here. So, Brendan, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us yeah. for our game here. We're going we're gonna to throw you to the wolves. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, as no. we were discussing earlier, um, we've all kind of reviewed games, or at least have discussed it um, in a professional sense. So we mm-hmm. were thinking it could be fun if we maybe throw each other a few old, old and or new games, uh, give a quick one or two sentence review and a quick score think of it like maybe in a in a tweet oh a score for that game i mean you can score like seven out of ten a a plus b plus double s um yeah i'll just just make it make it easy everything is a seven um yeah something like that just kind of uh you know be fun be be creative be cool and uh give a chance to us flex your uh your creativity on the spot cool that sound that sound good yeah sounds terrible how sounds much, terrible well that's are we just going just like right off the top of our heads or are we going to have a second to think about it i mean we... you can you can do whatever you want my friend i will start really easy because we we talked about this in our planning meeting i'm just going to roll it to you i need to give you i need you to give me a review for chrono trigger quick Ooh, quick quick and Pat- dirty <laughs> patrick is not gonna like this i have not <laughs> beaten chrono trigger i have picked it up so many times uh, i think it's innovative i think the music is amazing i think the the pixel 2d art style is incredible mm-hmm. uh but i like chrono cross more which is like a blasphemous thing to say probably i don't know i don't remember how i know i don't know how brendan feels about I, that i but. was gonna say hey casey i agree Ooh. Yes. Oh, Ooh. see, Patrick's not here, and he's he's one sided. He can't. He's gonna be so yeah. He, uh, he's such a Chrono Trigger stand, which is it is incredible. But yeah. uh, uh, based on what I've played, I give it an eight out of ten. Great music, great art style. I love the battling. I just I've never been able to stick with it. I, I think it has a legacy, but yeah. you know. I like the I like the clarifier. Like I haven't played it fully because like it's probably gonna be a common theme throughout a lot of these games that I'm about to get yeah. into. Yeah. So. Oh sure, totally. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I think of my, on my list, I've beaten like two of them. Even Fair. They're, they're all games I like. Um, so I will go next. Uh, we'll pick Brendan. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, you mentioned this earlier. I don't remember if it's something that is in the podcast or was edited out, but uh-huh. uh, Resident Evil 4, OG or remake, your pick. Oh, Resident Evil 4 is a landmark game. Uh, I, I think I'll stick with the I'll stick with the remake because that's the most freshest in my mind. Um, it does an incredible job at recreating the original game's pacing and tone, but with a more gritty and uh, I, I guess more in line with like Resident Evil Two remake. And um, the changes that it does are, are very subtle, but in my mind, elevate it beyond the original. I know some people think that you know they're equal or or you know doesn't over write the original i actually think you don't even need to play the original just play the remake it's incredible mm. I, I would give it a, a triple s plus there you go jason uh tell me tell me your thoughts about patapon patapon wow what a hot take because i feel like this is a game that i have played um i don't even know that i know it that i gotta is. am i thinking of loco <laughs> roco patapon is the the little dudes with spears that's yeah yeah and they go like pon 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 yeah exactly um okay i think um wow i am so thrown off right now if you want uh, a slightly less deep cut no no throw you in. Okay. Pat, no i like patapon i just gotta think about it i remember playing this game between like swim meets like when i was in, in high school okay um okay patapon is one of those games that was uh more artistic and gamey on the psp it had several of these um but it it's it's cute style, I think, is, I don't know, it has like a almost dichotomy with its devious level design. Um, mm. And the the music that's included is kind of catchy. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it was good enough that it it was a, it's a sleeper hit that I think if you are someone that's like, oh, I like video games, but not the games that you're going to play. Uh, you could definitely look at Patapon nowadays because I feel like it's a deep cut hot take no one else really knows about. I think... There's also three of them. I think they, there's there there's is. a few. Yeah. Perfect. So I feel like it, there's enough content for you to enjoy, and I think they're all on the PSP. Uh, so you need to bust out that that brick if you want to play think it. Some of them were cross release on the PS3. I think three might have good. Been. I don't remember. I, I also but... I also thought three as well. So hopefully it is. Um, I think it was inferior to uh, Loco Roco. I think that was the more fun game, and I associate mm. them around the same time. But I would still say it's a solid. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a solid seven out of ten. I think it's, it's not. It's not bad. I just. I think that it, it could. It could stand for a little more love, which I think came from the later games. Well, nice. I have not thought about Patapon in like a decade. <laughs> That's yeah, really that didn't, that didn't do anything for me. I still not sure what it is. Yeah, yeah, all good. It's it was. That's a if you get one. a second, you should just look it up because it's cute. It's just, it is super I cute. Will. It is super I will, cute. Percent well. I like oh, the man. name. It's fun Patapon, to say. Pat-a, pat-a, Patapon. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll throw one right back to to brendan um all right i need you to go back way way back and um i want to get a a, your review thoughts on the original pac-man on the original pac-man all right well (laughs) i've played pac-man but the majority of my (laughs) pac-man understanding comes from tim rogers like nine hour review of it um oh my god oh my gosh how Um, do you review that for nine hours i think it's only like five (laughs) <laughs> it's only like five hours five. Okay. just five um, Jeez. um so the game I, is one screen i don't <laughs> yeah i think it's an elegant and uh innovative game uh, mm. certainly caught on really big at the at the arcades i think later re-releases 
are more interesting than the original. Uh, I find the original to be a little bit too simplistic to play for longer than a few minutes. Mm -hmm. And um, that said, I think that the way that it incorporates a, um, it, it it incorporates um, two player modes of being you're on the defensive and then you're on the offensive. I think it's a really Mm -hmm. interesting um, like design decision to give the player a way to, uh, to be both offensive and defensive at the same time. Um, I would give it obviously it's legacy it's legacy is big but if I'm just reviewing it as a product itself I would give it a 6 out of 10. Okay. I could see how and, it doesn't hold up at, you know to modern standards. I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say it does not. All right. Um so Casey. Yes, sir. I want to know your thoughts about Final Fantasy 3. Oh man. The real three or like SNES three? Oh, I forget. Yeah, I forget that that was. Um, yeah, I haven't played it. I'm like, I'm like six onward. I haven't oh, really played any of the ones before. You haven't played three, four, or five. I haven't. Okay. Uh, I have not. And if I have, it's literally okay. For like well, I have a, I have another one. I have a backup for you. Okay. I want to know your thoughts about Crash Bandicoot. Ah, uh, Crash Bandicoot. Throwback. Kind of. How are you going to give him Crash Bandicoot, but you gave me Patapon? Like, <laughs> well, that's no, I got Patapon. I, I, <laughs> I don't know her. I had a list uh, yeah, of right. eight. I have a list of Pat-a-hoo. eight. I got, I got plenty. I'm going you got, to... You got, you got a deep one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Now you're good. Go ahead, Casey. So Crash Bandicoot, uh, I am terrible at platformers, so it is not a game that I excel at in mm. any capacity. Um, I do enjoy it for what it is. I think Crash is a great protagonist. I think that the platforming, even though it is older i think it's smart albeit maybe a little difficult even outside of my inability to have any sort of skill at platforming um but i i kind of would like with pac-man i think it it definitely has a legacy to it i think it paved the way for for many things and was also inspired by much of what came before it um i tried replaying is and obviously reviewing the the og but the remake is or remaster, like whatever they call it, is equally as I'm equally as terrible at it. Um, <laughs> it stayed the I, same. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that as the as the series has evolved, it's gotten better, but or like mm-hmm. more accessible. But um, I I'm not good at it. But I won't deter that from giving it a probably a seven out of ten. I oh think, wow. I think, Okay. I don't know. I haven't okay. played it enough. What would you give it? Was, I mean, was that sh- too generous? Shots fired. <laughs> too generous. No, I, no, it's yours. Uh, no comment. No comment. No comment. You can uh, give me a comment. No, no. So I'm going to wait until this podcast goes out, and then I'll leave a nasty comment in the actual comments. <laughs> yes. Oh, please do. Yeah. yeah. Please, okay. <laughs> Remind yourself in, yes. in June. To, don't worry. To... I won't forget. <laughs> All right. Um, I will give you, because yeah, I did Brendan first. So Jason... Mm. Um, Give me a give me a short little review on Bioshock. Oh, Bioshock. Um, the first one. Yes, first one. Okay. Um, any game where you can choose to save or kill children is <laughs> crazy. Um, but I do think that it, it's a, a wonderful, wonderfully scary game that you just want to keep playing. So I feel like yes. uh, the story. If you like story. And you're like, what is story doing in my first person shooter? That means you're playing Bioshock. And I think um, it was one of, for me personally, my first games that really showed that generation's power on consoles. It looked really, Mm -hmm. really good. 
And um, I actually have a soft spot in my heart for that game. I think it's probably in, I would say, my top 25 games of all time, if not like push in the top 10. Um, I would probably give that game like a nine or nine and a half out of 10. I think that game is very, very good. Worth playing. Like today, like still go back. You oh, haven't yeah. played Bioshock. I think it's the, with the infinite collection, whatever is on PlayStation, just play that. Like it's, it's still really, really fun. Uh, I'll give one to Brendan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you talked about Kingsfield a bit earlier. I'm curious. We'll, we'll jump far in the future to last February. What, what are your thoughts <laughs> on Elden Ring? Oh, not Kingsfield. Okay. <laughs> well, wait, wait. Can did, we... you, did you play Elden Ring? Yes, I, I played Elden Ring. Know. Okay. Okay. I just... Can we pause for a minute? Yeah. Did that game actually come out a year ago? It came out a year ago. I think yeah. it was last, last February. February. Yeah, Dude. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Carry on. <clears throat> okay. So I need to just. I need to just. Hold on. Give me a second here. Because <laughs> you just. <laughs> I need to preface this by saying FromSoft is one of my absolute favorite uh, developers of all time. I love. Yes. Almost. All of their mainline... I mean, I love all the Souls games. I love Bloodborne. I love all that stuff. And I love Kingsfield. I love Shadow Tower. Um, I haven't played Evergrace or some of this other stuff, but I'm just saying this, and I love Armored Core as well. I'm a big Armored <laughs> this Core This is fan. such a big preface. I don't know what you're going to get to at the end here. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, I think Elden Ring is a solid 7 out of 10. Oh, wow. I think uh, Elden Ring's open world throws off its pacing in a way that um really disappoints me i know for a lot of people Mm -hmm. they really like the wonder of exploring this place it's very visually interesting but it's mechanically for me just not engaging at all i think that having um long stretches of time for for me what makes from soft games so enjoyable is this this constant mechanical engagement and there's this constant Mm -hmm. mechanical conversation between the developer and the player you're always making decisions you're always kind of on your back foot, but not not always overwhelmed. It can be very overwhelming, but you're always you're always thinking and making a decision. And when I'm out in the open world in Elden Ring, I just felt like I wasn't making a lot of decisions. It had none of the mechanical mm. depth or engagement that I expect from mm. um, a FromSoft game. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that I think it's bad. I was just disappointed and honestly kind of surprised at how 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 little of that from software fiddly engagement mechanical engagement there was there um so yeah, yeah for me uh, i i still love it i i think it's a better game on new game plus when you can kind of just beeline it for the dungeons which i think are some of the best dungeons they've ever made um mm. And I think the game is better and it's like, I, I know a lot of people are like, ah, after Lane Dell, I think the game just kind of fell off. And for me, I'm like, I love everything after Lane Dell, like all, it's all dungeons. Mm-hmm. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's where I really uh, like the game. So yeah, it's kind of a, certainly a, not the most commonly held opinion on that game, but that's how I feel about yep. it for sure. You heard it here, folks. Brandon hates Elden Ring. It's the worst. It's, he just, it's the worst game ever. Seven out of 10. Uh, Okay, Brendan, I, I only actually have one more game on, okay. on my list here, okay. so I hope that you've played this one, but I think it's a bigger one. Um, what about Final Fantasy fifteen? Okay. Yes, I played Final Fantasy XV. <laughs> um, okay. okay. <laughs> I think Final Fantasy fifteen is a decent game um, mm. in most respects. I think uh, the things about Final Fantasy fifteen that... I think 
hold it back are pretty obvious flaws that stem from its uh, production. That's, you know, 10 year tumultuous yep. uh, development yeah, process. Yeah. Um, I think the Royal version. Uh, so should I, am I reviewing vanilla or Royal? How about that? Vanilla, vanilla. Oh, okay. So <laughs> Final Fantasy 15 as a vanilla game is actually not very good. Um, mm-hmm. I think the story delivery and presentation suffered uh, yeah. for trying to be like a, uh, a cross media uh, mm-hmm. product. And yeah. I personally find the battle system to be a little too sloppy for my taste. Um, I, sloppy in that I, I just felt like there was never really anything. Uh, like there's a lock on system. There's all, you know, you're, you're able to time your attacks or whatever, but I just never felt like I had the direct control over what Noctis was doing that I wanted to. I think Royal yeah. makes it better when you can kind of swap between party members, but when you're just playing as Noctis, I just, I don't know. I, I, um, I never really clicked with it. And there are so many things about that game that I wanted to like. I think the soundtrack is incredible. I think that the characters are all really great. The ending made me cry, even though like Aww. I just I, I didn't really like feel like I had a complete story. But like the way that the voice actors and the music <laughs> yeah. and everything really like they deliver it well. That, mm-hmm. that ending is just so good. Um, and I think that like um, you know as a as a return to final fantasy it's certainly not what i wanted um mm-hmm. i'm someone who i like pretty much every final fantasy with the exception of like final fantasy 2 i think is a little bit weird um and i would say that 15 is right above 2 in my personal rankings i just well, I'm not I really i'm not really a big fan of 2 so i would give this game a 5 out of 10 5 out nice. of 10 now now consi- consolidate all that down to like a two sentence review uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy 15 is a ambitious game that doesn't make good on its promise and it's held back by poor story presentation and a uneven battle system. Five out of ten. Five Got out it. Of ten. Right. <laughs> well done. Theme. Okay, so oh I have God, I have God. I have two, so just in case you haven't played one of them. Tell me about I'm trying to decide between the two. Turok Dinosaur Hunter on the Nintendo 64. <gasps> Turok. Oh, Turok, man, that like that's a throwback. Gets me in the, yeah. me in the heart. Turok was so good. Um, I don't remember a ton. I don't. I literally don't think I've played it since I was a kid, and it like came out on the N sixty four. But I think um, I, I the thing that stands out the most for me in my in like my memories is are, are just the weapon design yeah and the, the and the violence i don't remember <laughs> the plot i just know that there are dinosaurs and that you can use all these really cool fun weapons um and i remember spending hours with that game just killing everything with you know with i feel like is it the cerebral or something yeah that's the, the second board. one yeah, uh, yeah that was that was it like would stick to their head and then explode. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't entirely remember, but that was like my favorite weapon. And I was like, I want this in real life. I don't <laughs> think I'd use it against a person, but wow, Casey, <laughs> it would be down. cool to have. It was a very, it was a very violent shot. No, it was not. Uh, but uh, that's, that's all I really remember. But I think, I think I would probably give it, I don't know, like a seven, 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 seven out of ten. Half out of ten. Seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. The nostalgia. You know, I, I really did. They remake it. Am I making that up? Uh, they they got to re-release at some point. Yeah, they re-released it, and they tried to reboot it with uh, a game on. Maybe the that's what I'm thinking but, of. Yeah. Is yeah. the reboot? 
Yeah. But I think uh, yeah, I would, I would like to play it again. One of my big memories for Turok was like, first off, it looked amazing at the time on the 64, but it had, mm-hmm. cheat, it had cheat codes. And it I was did. like, nice. Like, yeah. you can get like, oh, I, I think like, big head mode. Yeah, big head I mode. Think I think there was like something. rainbow yeah. blood. Like, yeah, rain, you like everything was the colors oh. of the blood. Yes. Yeah, yeah. More memories. See, there so you go. And I remember so they good. had that that big ass gun that was like the big stick, but it would shoot that lightning bolt out or whatever, and it would explode. Yeah. And then like the the frame rate would go to like two, <laughs> and it would be like really bad. It's the Chrono Scepter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Chrono Scepter. Yeah, I was oh, like it's something Scepter. Gosh. Yeah, exactly. That's, and you would I would use so it to funny. kill uh, Campaigner. Was that his mm-hmm. name? The main bad yeah. guy. Oh my god, the memories. Uh, yeah, oh it was. Gosh. What what a fun. Was game. there like also like a really big fat boss there was a there were these who had like maybe there had breasts so i might be i think i know what you're talking about there are these Uh, big ogre like monsters a big belly and they have big belly yeah Yeah, and some of them would have rocket launchers but at first they have rocket launchers yeah yeah at first they show up and i forget Uh, what they're called but yeah they're like they're like mutant gorilla dinosaurs they're very weird yeah Yeah, something like that what a a wild game what a game what a game man all right. Well, thanks for everyone joining us down uh, apparently n- n- nostalgia lane for all these old games. That was great. Nice reviews. We'll get the hate in the comments in just a few few minutes here. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's it. I think uh, I think that's a good a good wrap for today. So uh, thank you, thank you, uh, Brandon, for being here. Thank you, yeah. Casey, for inviting Brandon. Uh, Brandon, where can our uh, listeners find you? Where, where can they see you online and follow your work? Uh, so for now, the best place to find me um, is on Twitter at Brendan underscore LH. That's B-R-E-N-D-A-N underscore L-H. Um, mm-hmm. Or you can find my uh, YouTube channel at YouTube.com slash The Crawl. Nice. Be sure to follow Brennan. It was super great. Thank you for being yeah, here. I, I and, really appreciate uh, it. Thank you so much. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, on behalf of uh, Casey and I, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, if you do enjoy your content again, please reach out to us and, and chat with us. Twitter, Instagram, at HeyRPGamer. And then over on our Discord, we talk about uh, games all the time. If you do like this show or any of our content, no matter where you're listening to, even on YouTube or uh, uh, your podcast, we do you know, appreciate your support. If you want to head over to RP Gamer over on Patreon, we love any donations there. They help out bringing guests like Brendan, improving our equipment, getting new games, uh, having new giveaways online. All these things are from support like you all, and we really do appreciate that. So if you do want to think about helping us out, please do so. Uh, And if you enjoyed listening to us today, be sure to be on the lookout for our next podcast. Uh, Status effects should be coming up pretty soon. Well, we appreciate everyone being on here. Thank you for listening. Now go out there and get gaming.